0: Homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Welcome to all of you with faith in Dhamma. Today we learn Dhamma from the Mangala Sutta, the Buddha's teachings about the blessings of one's life. As we know, It begins with, 1. Not associating with fools, 2. Associating with the wise, and 3. Homage, those worthy of homage. These are the highest blessings. These initial qualities are important. They are the steps one takes that are correct. Because if we associate with fools, then the fools lead us to meet with incorrect things. This is wrong view from the very beginning and it doesn't lead to self-improvement. So don't associate with fools on the outside and also not the fools on the inside, that is, the mind that is like a fool. We associate with the wise, that is, the ones who have true knowing, those wise people that advise us on what is good and bad, those that advise us to give up evil to cultivate the good and to purify the mind, following the teachings the Buddha gave on the day of the Owada Padimoka. And when we associate with wise people like this, we give them homage, then they will advise us with things that are blessings to us. And today I will also talk about a deeper Dhamma subject, that is, the qualities that makes one beautiful. And this is also contained in these highest blessings this is kanti and soracha kanti we know is patient endurance forbearance this patient endurance has the characteristic of an individual who has a mind that is strong and firm if it is compared to a warrior then they would have a strong mind in terms of fighting But we can see these days in our world there is no war that has arisen, but we can understand the warrior that has a strong mind. Instead, these days there is the white-gowned warrior, that is the doctors, nurses, other healthcare personnel that are fighting a war with the COVID-19 virus. And this war is an important war. There are many doctors, nurses and medical personnel of different countries, especially the ones in China, who have lost their lives in this war. But the ones left must fight and endure in order to save the lives of those who are sick. Even though they love their wife, children and parents, they need to have the endurance to fight patiently and they may even have to sacrifice their own life. This is forbearance. And this forbearance has three characteristics. Forbearance by refraining and holding back. When one has anger, then one bears it patiently. When one has tiredness and fatigue, one bears it patiently. This is the forbearance in terms of body and speech. If you endure a lot, then there is austerity and power that arises. This is a firm strength that arises more than that of an ordinary type. And the higher forbearance than this is the bearing with the rough and bad words of another and we can turn them around to become our friend. We are swore at, criticized and told off. We are struck and hit. Whatever it is, we bear it patiently. If one is a subordinate, one is able to endure until the boss has thoughts of metta, kindness, towards us. But the forbearance that is more difficult is for those that have power. They are the leader or boss, and they have forbearance towards their subordinates. This is really hard to do. This is because they are able to use their power, so they need to have a higher forbearance than an ordinary type. It's not the same as the forbearance of a subordinate towards the leader, as a subordinate needs to do it so they can survive. But those that have power and parami over others, they need to have forbearance. They may meet with people who criticize and curse them, and it would be easy for them to use their power to even take their life, but they don't do it. The Lord Buddha was foremost in forbearance. He had... The supreme spiritual perfections in the life that he was cultivating sila barami the perfection of virtue he was born as a naga king named buridata he lived in the naga realm with happiness and ease but he couldn't undertake the eight moral precepts there so he went to undertake it in the human realm He was caught by a snake charmer and was forced to perform all sorts of tricks. He also had to receive all sorts of torture. But the Buddha patiently endured it because he was cultivating sila-bharami. And it was on the level of paramatta bharami the ultimate level, where he would rather sacrifice his own life than not to refrain. But he wouldn't harm others in terms of actions and speech. And likely, in terms of the mind, he also wouldn't wish any harm on others. This was the Buddha practicing forbearance. Who could have forbearance to the Buddha's level? This was one of the ten lifetimes where the Buddha practiced to cultivate the highest barami for the attaining of Buddhahood, all done for us. This is the great and boundless compassion of the Buddha that is unequaled. This is forbearance. And the other quality that makes one beautiful is soracha. This translates as being gentle and composed in body, speech and mind. One makes the mind radiant and joyous. The body is composed because when one has patiently endured, then one doesn't show any abnormal, harmful gestures. Those that have been insulted and slighted by others, felt hurt by others, they don't retaliate. They still smile and have radiant features. Their face is not sullen and sour because anger has arisen. They can patiently endure it. They can compose their bodily features and their speech well. And how much ever pain they receive, they don't moan about the pain that they are in. They have a high level of forbearance. There was one senior venerable monk who was known to be well practiced and attained. He had great pain because he had stage 4 cancer. I paid respects to him and asked, Lungphu, how are you doing? He said, I am fine. He said he was fine. And not long after this, he passed away. His words, I am fine. For him... It meant he was fine in terms of the mind. But his body was just following conditions. His speech was normal and he had great forbearance. And there was another senior monk who was my teacher named Lungpo Punna. Even though he was in great pain, he opened his eyes and looked at me and his eyes were sparkling. And he had metta and asked me, Anan, have you eaten yet? He was patiently enduring his pain and his heart was full of the quality of metta. This is really rare and this was a true disciple of the Buddha. He was a direct disciple of Lumpur Kao Analyo from Wat Tham Kong Pen and a disciple of Lumpur Fan, Lumpur Kong Ma and Lumpur Chop and many other revered teachers. So this means that to train in Dhamma this makes our mind radiant and pleasant. It makes our body composed and restrained. When you have pain and suffering, one isn't overwhelmed by it. One has high patient endurance. Like doctors, nurses and medical personnel in the present situation who are treating the patients who have the COVID virus, they have a high patience. They fulfill their responsibilities and there are even those that have given up their life for this. I Anumodana, all the goodness they have done, all of them that have sacrificed their lives for others. So these two qualities, Kanti and Soracha, may you train and develop them. If we have these two qualities, then this will be a blessing in our life. And it is the walkway to Nibbana. It is a step for us towards the end of suffering. And even if we haven't ended all suffering, we will still have beauty arising in the present. Beautiful actions, beautiful speech and a beautiful mind. When we train in this way, samadhi, meditative concentration will arise. If we train in samadhi and we sit meditation and feel tired and in pain, we have an itch on our body. Sometimes it is cold or hot. If we don't bear it patiently, then we won't be able to meditate. But if we bear it and endure it, then this is productive and a blessing. We patiently endure against pain, cold, heat. We don't waver in the face of sense impingements. We have kanti. The Buddha praised this as one who can attain to the ultimate virtues. There were many disciples of the Buddha who had practiced developing their meditation close to the Chedi high up in the mountain in Thailand where the weather was frosty and very cold and they were cold and numb all over their body. I have sat meditation and had some numbness but just till the feet and legs but they had numbness all over their body but they reflected on the suffering of being born how difficult it was Or that once they died, the body would be as cold as a hell realm and dissolve. This was their meditation reflection. And they had the patient endurance to keep meditating. And in the end, they were able to attain to Nibbana. So this patient endurance is the excellent virtue of an ascetic. And we all want to be a Dhamma practitioner. One who is on the path to sotapanna, to stream entry. This is one who sees the drawbacks in vata-saṃsāra, the endless cycle of birth and death. If one practices like this, then one will go deeper and head to Nibbāna. And the next virtue is to be easy to teach and advise. Those who are hard to teach and advise are in danger. The Venerable Radha Brahman was easy to teach and advise, to the extent that he was praised by the Buddha as being foremost of those who was easiest to teach and advise. He listened to the teachings of Venerable Sariputta and didn't hold on to his conceit that he was older and was of high learning. He received all the teachings he was given and ultimately he attained to becoming one with the highest wisdom. He attained to becoming an Arahant. His virtue of being easy to teach and advise was a great blessing and there are examples of those who are hard to teach and advise the yaka nanda who saw venerable sariputta enter deep concentration and wanted to show his yaka friends that he was going to give this samana this ascetic a blow on the head and the friend said that this samana was of great power and great might he was extraordinary the friends tried to dissuade him three times but he wouldn't listen and he gave Venerable Sariputta's head a strong blow with a big club. Venerable Sariputta was in no danger but just had a bit of pain on his head. But as for the Yakkananda, he dropped to Awiji hell. This is one who is hard to teach and advise. He didn't listen to his friend's good teaching He had good friends and associated with wise people but didn't listen and just listened to the foolish person inside his heart. And so this blameful conduct arose. And we can see in the present day world society that this virus is spreading in many countries. It's able to spread because there are people who are hard to teach and advise. There may be places that have a higher risk to catch this virus One may have to go there out of necessity, out of duty, or one has to earn a living there to support one's family. If one doesn't go there, one's life will be difficult. But sometimes one is enticed and tempted to go there by the cheap costs in that country, and they can get cheap air tickets. The ones who do business in that place try to entice us. And ultimately, one can't restrain oneself and goes to those places where those countries have a higher spread of the virus. And when they come back, they try to hide to the government that they have gone to that country, and they could potentially be infected with the COVID virus. Instead, they should tell others to be careful around them in case others get infected. They must tell others to be careful. This is sila as well. This is correct speech. This is practicing according to the law. And this is having metta and compassion as well. If they do this, then this is good. And they are ones who are considered to be easy to teach and advise. But those that are hard to teach and advise, when they come back to their country, they hide information. And this is breaking sila. And this is wrong in terms of Dhamma, because they lack metta. They have no metta in their heart. They are ones who are hard to teach and advise. Why do they do this? Because they are scared of being quarantined for 14 days and lose their freedom. But before they went, they didn't think about this. They just thought about having fun. And this isn't that people that don't have money make other people troubled. But it's when the people who have money but are deluded and they associate with the fools in their hearts. This causes many others to become troubled. Some people would say that though I usually wouldn't have a chance to travel like that and though I could go now, but I would just go to visit the local beach. This is good. Just make the heart good and have virtue and sila. This is merit already. There is no need to see other countries and especially during this difficult time, there is no need to make society more chaotic. Those who make society more troubled are people who are hard to teach and advise. It destroys one's own benefit and it harms one's family and many others become troubled. And this comes about because of craving. They want to save money and they want a holiday in this situation we are in. This is worth considering and to be careful of. We must look after ourselves, for us, for our family. For others around us for our society and our country this gives only benefit this is restraint and forbearance no matter how cheap tickets are we won't go we have to patiently endure this feeling of wanting to go so patient endurance and composure in body speech and mind making the mind radiant listening to dhamma at the appropriate occasions learning these are the blessings of one's life and are part of the 38 highest blessings that the Buddha taught. So practice these, and when the blessings arise with us, then our minds will receive the highest benefit, and others around us will receive the highest benefits as well. If we have many people practicing like this in whatever country, then that place will prosper because they respect the laws, they listen and are easy to teach and advise. I anumotana with all those in Thailand and around the world that are easy to teach and advise, because this will give you inner happiness and give happiness to society and your family. May you all grow in Dhamma and in blessings.